You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. means it's a progression from glory to glory. Doesn't happen all at once. Doesn't happen overnight. But in time, the sanctifying influence of the Spirit of God and the truth of the Word of God, God uses those things to change our lives dramatically. And one of the things that Rahab did immediately, it's something that God tells all of us we should do, but it especially applied to Rahab. Offer your bodies. Is living sacrifice. You're to live your life as Jesus lived his. That means to go out each day with the desire to give your life for God's kingdom. Today, Pastor Danny reminds you that life's all about sharing the love of Jesus with the world. It's not about you. It's about Christ and his kingdom being demonstrated through you. Make him the center of your life and seek out his guidance to find a true purpose that will reign throughout eternity. Allow all of yourself to be used by Jesus and dedicate your life to sharing his love. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Joshua, chapter 2, as he begins his message, Cinderella. Book of Joshua, chapter 2. Moses had 40 years prior sent 12 spies into what's called the promised land. They spied out the land. They came back. They give a report to Moses. The land is everything God said it is and more. But there's no way we can go and take this land. There are giants there. So 10 out of the 12 spies turned a whole generation of Israelites away from faith, and they ended up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Two of those 12 spies were Joshua and Caleb. Interestingly enough, they had to wander in the wilderness with these faithless uh, bunch for 40 years. 40 years later, they come back to the Jordan River, on the other side is the promised land. Moses has died. Joshua is the new leader. And there's a message in that. Moses represented the law. The law can never lead you into what's known as the land of promise. Only Joshua, who is the Old Testament, Jesus. That's the Old Testament name for Jesus. And he would now lead the people into the promised land. Joshua, instead of sending 12 spies, just sends two spies. Moses, when the 12 spies come back, they give a public report. Joshua's like, I'm sending two, no public report. You guys just report to me. We'll make the decision. The decision is we're going in. And the first stop in the promised land is Jericho. Chapter 2, verse 1, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim, 
Go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they've come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. That's a lie. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. I don't know which way they went. It's a lie. She had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan, and as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, listen to what she says, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. That was 40 years before. And what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. They were powerful kings over powerful armies. When we heard of it, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you'll show kindness to my family because I've shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you'll spare the lives of my father, my mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you'll save us from death. The spies say to Rahab, our lives for your lives. If you don't tell what we're doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she led them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. Now, she had said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return, and then go on your way. The men said to her, the oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land, you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you brought your father and mother, your brothers and all your family into your house, if anyone goes outside your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head. We will not be responsible. As for anyone who is in the house with you, his blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on him. But if you tell what we're doing, we'll be released from the oath you made us swear. So Rahab says, agreed, let it be as you say. So she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. When they left, they went into the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills, forded the river, came to Joshua, uh, and they told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. Summarize, next handful of chapters, God gives instructions for the Israelites as they cross the Jordan. They're to go to Jericho, march around the city. It's a walled city. 21-foot-high walls, one of the most ancient cities we know of, the most ancient city we know of in the Bible. March around it seven days. On the seventh day, march around it seven times. 
On the seventh time, on the seventh day, the priest are going to blow their trumpets. Everybody give a big shout, and then I'm going to give you victory. They march around seven days, seventh day, they march around seven times. Priests blow their trumpets. Everybody gives a shout. The walls of Jericho crumble, except for one part. That's where Rahab lived. Can't wait to see the video in heaven. That one piece of wall, her house, stays intact. And God gives the Israelites tremendous victory. Now, Joshua chapter 6, Joshua chapter 6, verse 22. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother, her brothers, all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. It's one of the best stories in all of the Bible. Rahab prostitute. And she is the agent that God uses to save the lives of the spies. Let me tell you something else about Jericho, especially in light of the spies going into the house of a prostitute. Go back to Leviticus chapter 18. Now this is for adults only, but it's right in the Bible. Leviticus chapter 18, you look down at verse 6, Commands that the Lord gives, verse 6, no one is to approach any close relative to have sexual relations. I'm the Lord. Do not dishonor your father by having sexual relations with your mother. She's your mother. Don't have sexual relations with her. Okay. Do not have sexual relations with your father's wife. That would dishonor your father. Don't have sexual relations with your sister either your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, whether she was born in the same home or elsewhere. Then it goes on, and thank God I'm not going to read the whole chapter because it gets into things like bestiality where someone is going to have sexual relationship with an animal. I know, I see your face, but it's right there in the Bible. Why do I read it? Well, you look, Leviticus 18, you look at verse 27. For all these things were done by the people who lived in the land before you, and the land became defiled. We're not talking about just paganism. We're not talking about just sexual sin. And we're not talking about just extreme sexual immorality. We're talking about perverted, extreme sexual immorality. That's what Jericho was like. No surprise. You come into Jericho, only place they could find to stay prostitute's house. I love what one writer said, Rahab lived in the oldest city and practiced what many say is the oldest profession known to man. Another writer said, God's agents were saved by a madam, the proprietress of a bordello, a woman who sold her body for money, who submitted to any man who crossed her doorway if he had the cash. What a story. And when you look closely Rahab and her faith in the God of Israel, it's not only instructive, it's extremely encouraging. I mean, it's just amazing. I'm going to suggest five characteristics from Rahab's faith that we can learn from and be encouraged by. And the first is this, and the most important, Rahab's faith was saving faith. Saving faith. 
She's referred to when James writes, James chapter two, you see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab, the prostitute considered righteous when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? I know. Mysterious, she lied. We'll come back to that. But some people find mysterious too and even contradictory James's comments here and what Paul says in Romans because Paul in Romans makes it very clear that our salvation is based totally on our faith in what God has done and not our works. Is the Holy Spirit contradicting himself? Is God contradicting God? No. What God's saying through the pen of the Apostle Paul in Romans is our salvation is solely by faith in what God has done through the Savior, Jesus Christ. But if someone has faith, and it's saving faith, Old Testament looking forward to the coming of the Messiah, New Testament looking back at a Messiah who's already come, that that person, their faith will make a difference that people can see in life. What was the initial difference in Rahab's life? Another mystery. She lied for God. She lied, not just once, repeatedly. Deception, but it saves the lives of these two spies, and I know they were thankful. You say, explain that. How can you lie for God? I don't have to. You figure it out. But I'll give you a thought. She's a pagan. She's in a pagan culture. I don't know if you know the name John Newton. If the name John Newton doesn't mean anything, the song Amazing Grace probably does. John Newton wrote it. One of the greatest hymns. One of the greatest hymns. And John Newton, when he wrote that hymn, he was a brand new believer, kind of like Jesse, kind of like Rahab. And guess what John Newton's profession was when he wrote that? He was a slave trader. And it wasn't until a year later that John Newton, so convicted about the job that supplied the means for him to live, that just wasn't right. And finally, he said, I got to find a different profession. I got to do something else. But it was a year after he put his faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, Jesse said it in his testimony. He was naive. He doesn't have that excuse now. He's grown some, and he's still growing. Rahab, Rahab, so pagan. She doesn't know anything except that she needs to be saved. And as imperfect as it was, evidence of her salvation was that she lied for God to save these spies' lives. Her salvation, I thought about it, and I thought about this psalm. Would you say it with me? Come on. A thousand may fall at your right side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You'll only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord, who is my refuge. Imagine the priest blowing that trumpet on the seventh day, seventh time around. Walls of Jericho begin to crumble, but not where Rahab lived. And as she watched the world around her crumbling and being judged, she saved. But it was not just saving faith. Not just saving faith. It was surprising faith. Who would have thunk? A prostitute like Rahab. But the Bible is filled. In Jesus' first coming, most of those that followed him, unlikely characters, 
First person to witness his resurrection from the dead was a woman named Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. So many unlikely characters. One of my favorite is the little Danny DeVito-looking fellow. I believe that's what he looked like. He's, his name is Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, though, he's a short guy, and he lived in ancient Jericho. And Jesus is coming through his town, Jericho, and Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus, and he wants to get a look at him. But he's too short, he can't see over the crowd. So he skimmies up this fycamore, sig, uh, sycamore fig tree. Whew, tough one. He shimmies up a tree because he wants to get a look at Jesus. And he's shocked because Jesus comes to where he is and he looks up and he says, Zacchaeus, get down here. I got to go to your house today. And Jesus going to Zacchaeus' house, and Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector. He's a cheat. He's a two-faced. His own fellow Jews hated him. He got rich at their loss because he was such a cheat. And there is Jesus is at his house. He says, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody, and he had cheated a lot of people, I'll pay them back four times what I took from them, which is what the law required. And Jesus said, salvation has come to this house today. And everybody's surprised because Zacchaeus becomes a follower of Jesus. Here's what Jesus said. I tell you the truth, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom ahead of you. Who's he talking to? Religious people caught up in their religion, faithful synagogue attenders, but whose lives had never been radically transformed by faith in the God of Israel and specifically here in Jesus. Religious people. Not any of you, religious people. Sometimes it's easier to reach the prostitute on the street or the outcast who's a cheat and everybody knows he's a cheat and he knows he's a cheat. They know what they need. They know they need to change. They know they need to repent. They know they need salvation. The religious person sometimes says, well, I'm a pretty good person. Saving faith. Surprising faith. Who would have thought Rahab? A prostitute. She gets saved. And for the third one, thank you, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. He was a preacher back in the 1800s. They called him the Prince of Preachers. And in a message on Rahab, he gave me my third S in Rahab's characteristic faith. Charles Haddon Spurgeon calls it singular faith. Let me read you a little bit of his message. Have you ever felt that it's very hard, very hard thing to have a singular faith? It's the easiest thing in the world to believe as everybody else believes. But the difficulty is to believe a thing alone when no one else thinks as you think. To be the solitary champion of a righteous cause when the enemy mustereth his thousands to the battle. Now, this was the fate of Rahab. She had not one who felt as she did, who could enter her feelings and realize the value of her faith. She stood alone. Oh, it's a noble thing to be the lonely follower of despised truth. Rahab's faith, sinner as she was, had this glory, this crown about its head, that she stood alone, faithful, among the faithless found. Go get them, Charles had For 40 years, 40 years, the people of Jericho had been hearing about this God of Israel. From the time that he delivered Israel from Egypt, parted the Red Sea, begins to defeat all these powerful kings and peoples. 
And everybody in Jericho, we just read it from the testimony of Rahab, everybody in Jericho feared the God of Israel. It's one thing to fear God. It's another thing to put your faith in Him. Because if you really put your faith in Him, that means you turn from your way of going and you submit your life to Him. Because He is God. So if He's God, we're accountable. Rahab, amidst a town full of people that feared God but would not move to put their faith in this God they feared. Rahab took the step. What a step it was. Jesus said, enter through the narrow gate. Wide is the gate. Broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many enter through it, but small is the gate. Narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Not because God's hidden it, just because it takes courage, and it requires repentance. It's a turning, turning from the way I'm going and turning the way God wants me to go. Singular faith. And you have to, at that moment, care more about what God thinks and what's eternally best for you than what your wife or your husband or your son or your daughter or your mom or dad or anybody else, your girlfriend, your boyfriend. You make a singular decision. You take the step of a lifetime. That's what Rahab did. Singular faith. She stepped out and she trusted the God of Israel and she placed her life in His hands. And because she did, the fourth characteristic was sanctifying faith. Paul writes about it. Those of us who have put our faith in Jesus with unveiled faces are changed by the Spirit of God from glory to glory. What does that mean? It just means it's a progression. From glory to glory. Doesn't happen all at once. Doesn't happen overnight. But in time, the sanctifying influence of the Spirit of God and the truth of the Word of God, God uses those things to change our lives dramatically. And one of the things that Rahab did immediately, it's something that God tells all of us we should do, but it especially applied to Rahab. Offer your bodies as living sacrifice. Holy, pleasing to God. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Rahab had offered her body to so many. Now things were changing dramatically. Now she offered herself to the Lord, put her life in His hands. And as she became a part of the people of God, the children of Israel, she began to, she began to learn. They began to teach her, and they began to tell her stories about the God of Israel. And I imagine they told her that he's the creator. He created the first man and woman. Their name's Adam and Eve. The patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, details of the miraculous deliverance from Egypt and how God had them slay the Passover lamb and apply the blood. The fact that they were slaves in Egypt. I think she really liked that part of the story because she understood slavery from her vantage point. She was a slave to sin. And I can just imagine Rahab hanging on every word, soaking up truth like a sponge. And I can just imagine the first time she hears the Ten Commandments. And she really perked up on the ninth one. Thou shalt not lie. <laughs> Whoops. And as God began to change Rahab's life dramatically, sanctify her life over time, not only had an impact on her life, because her life was being changed, it had an impact 
we're a family. so blessed to be able to share the Word of God with you on each new edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our valued listening audience. If you'd like to hear today's message again, please visit ccfstpete.church. We'd like to take a moment and offer you an opportunity to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join us in praying for the listeners of this program? Pray that God would touch each person with His love and that their hearts would be open to the truth of the gospel. Please also pray for us. We want to continue following God's plan for this program, no matter where He asks us to go. We know the power of prayer, and we appreciate you doing this for us. Would you also ask the Lord about contributing financially to the Living Word? This program is professionally produced to provide the best quality messages possible so as not to distract from God's truth. That does incur some costs, though. So if you feel led to give, visit our website at ccfstpete.church and click on the online giving guide under Forms. Any and all amounts are greatly appreciated and will be used to share the good news of Jesus' love for the world. Thank you for praying about this. That website one more time is ccfstpete.church. With that, we've come to the end of our time with you today. Thanks for being a part of our time here today on The Living Word. 